Welcome to the Think Holistic Podcast by Indie Holistic Hub, a show designed to help you on your wellness journey. When you think holistic, you live holistic. Find out more at IndieHolisticHub.com. Now, here's your host, Jennifer Seferin. Hello. It's a great day to think holistic. I have Alex Perry of Practically Speaking on with me today, helping us do just that. Additionally, we're gearing up for another grand day to support your holistic lifestyle at Holistic Hub Wellbeing Fest, sponsored by Health and Wellness of Carmel. Alex and I invite you to join us on Sunday, November 13th, as we will be graced by Alex's keynote presentation on courageous conversations that will open up that day. You may be wondering now, what does communication have to do with the Think Holistic show? We're going to get to that very shortly. So before that, I want to take a moment and acknowledge some very important people to us. Our top Wellbeing Fest sponsors this year. We have Health and Wellness of Carmel as our title sponsor. Their mission is to educate, facilitate, and advocate the natural approach to health and wellness to end chronic diseases. You can even check out a previous Think Holistic episode that I had with Dr. Fetters from Health and Wellness of Carmel. I also want to thank our top sponsor, well, being sponsor, Holistic Integration. They're formerly known as the Prather Practice, and for over 30 years, they've been helping individuals attain wellness using a structure, function, care model, or whole body approach to identifying and treating illnesses. Thank you greatly to Health and Wellness of Carmel and Holistic Integration. Now, a warm welcome to you, Alex. Are you ready to dive into our courageous conversation today? I am. I am. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. It's been really great getting to know you more, and I'm looking forward to what I and people listening in are going to get to glean from this meaningful conversation today. So absolutely. I thought, let's go straight in with what I posed already, which is like, what does communication have to do with the Think Holistic podcast? (laughs) I love that you asked that question, and I love that you're ready to dive deep and go past the what do you call it? Small talk, small talk. Let's just talk about it. Let's just talk about it. Well, I, I think it's really interesting because when you think holistic wellness, I I know a certain image comes to my mind of the things that you might focus on or think about. And one thing that I find in my work is that we can get so busy focused on lots of different (laughs) deliverables and, and goals and objectives and holistic health has its entire span of things that you focus on. And I always bring people back to, but does any of that exist without communication? Because to me, it is the one skill, the one thing that we have that without it, we're in, we're going to be struggling, right? And it's the means by which we get everything else. And so when I think about being holistic, I think about this piece about how we talk to ourselves, how we talk to other people, talk with other people is critically important to how good we feel and how good we make other people feel. I I don't see how you can think about your health without it. 
I love and appreciate that you talked about the internal dialogue mm-hmm. along with the external dialogue that we might we'll have with ourselves because I talk to myself sometimes and that we might have with others around us. Um, so it really shapes our lives and affects how we experience things. I, to me right now in our world, like claiming back that human connection is so important. And so to be able to communicate and we communicate in, in many ways, right? Absolutely. Like I think about, I gesture a lot, words, emotions, and expressions. There's tone lots of, of, yeah. Tone of voice, our body language, how we write, all of those are components of how we communicate. And back to your point, it's essential that how we communicate with ourselves first is positive, is reinforcing, is helpful, is insightful. I talk a lot about head trash. I work with a lot of individuals who have imposter syndrome and and these feelings of self-doubt and just how much that internal dialogue then impacts how we show up externally. And so I am on a mission to help as many people as possible, create really good, clear communication within themselves and then with others as well. Mm. Because how we speak is contagious. And you probably know that because within the holistic community, you probably have an entire set of lingo and words and terms that you use that if you're not part of that community, you may not know. So it's... Yes, Communication is a thread that ties us all together. Yeah, very true. And realizing our language isn't always someone else's. So how do we meet people where they're at? Which I think is really important, especially in holistic care, especially for professionals out there. They're speaking their lingo. They're speaking from their perspective per their education, their background. And so that can be a barrier sometimes to connecting with the people out there looking for the holistics. Yes. Um, so there's a couple of different ways to think about this. If I'm thinking about a listener that wants to communicate with, let's say a traditional healthcare professional is always walk in with no assumptions. So, and that's hard to do because I always say we walk in with assumptions everywhere we go and we assume, right. I I might assume that a holistic person thinks this or, uh, uh, you know, straight up medical person thinks this and, and we, we create these unrealistic kind of dramas within our head. And so walk in with the assumption, first of all, that everybody's uh, there for a good and common purpose that we're here to accomplish something great. And then, how do you, as someone who may have a different perspective, express that exp- express that perspective and educate while you talk? So I think about if I am going to a medical provider and I have a particular question about something that's been recommended, let's say, uh, what's, a, what's a hot topic in holistic health? How about Let's see, but just a question about a, let's say a medication. Let's just yeah, like a medication, like an antidepressant. So being able to say, okay, well, you're recommending this. Are there other options? I've heard about this option. Coming prepared to ask really insightful questions about information that you may already know, but they don't necessarily know 
and say, well, have you ever heard of this? Or have you looked at this particular study? What do you think of that? So one great way to get on common ground with someone else, especially someone who might have a different perspective is to ask, what do you think? What do you know? So instead of being the fount of all knowledge, which is super fun for all of us, <laughs> like, I love telling you what I know, but going in with that perspective of what do you think? What's your advice? And then, Hey, that doesn't sound congruent with what I'm thinking about. What would you think about if we did this and this? And I think what we find is that most people are willing to meet us in that space that says, we don't have all the answers, but together, together, we might have more. So, ah, mm. uh, together we might have more. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. Yes, yes. I also, gosh, I love that so much. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> you can lose your train of thought. That's great. <laughs> She's like, I need to write that down. Everybody so who's listening down. needs to take a moment. Write that down. Together, we're going to have more answers than than we will have on our own. That's true. Knowledge is a multiplier. Yes. So being curious and being courageous to ask those curious questions. Yes. It just allows for information to be shared. Yes. And another aspect to that, now that I'm back to my train of thought, is I was thinking also about um, trusting our intuition and our own inner guidance system. I don't know how much you work with that or incorporate that with the self-dialogue piece. To me, that's also very imperative. I work with that quite a bit because I work with speakers on every level. So new professionals all the way to seasoned CEOs. And one of the things that I like for people to keep in mind is that the way you say something is unique to you. And so you need to trust your wording. You need to trust your intent and really question as you're preparing for a presentation or you're preparing for a conversation, question your intent, make sure it's aligned with your values that what you are doing, it holds true for you because that's the only thing that you can control. So a lot of people think, oh, I want to, I want to make all these changes with what I say. And yes, I want my words to impact you, but I can't control the impact of my words on somebody else. So I have to make sure that my intent is pure, that my um, expectations are clear. And so really thinking about those pieces is, is this true to me? Because Jennifer's not going to talk like Alex and Alex isn't going to talk like Jennifer. So when I am speaking, am I being the person that I intend to be, that I want to be? Because I think there's a lot of mimicry that happens at work. There's a lot of putting on masks and fit, trying to fit into social norms. And some of that, like, I get it, right? We have to survive and we want to fit in. And we also want to make sure that our um, words ma match our actions. Mm -hmm. Yes, I have tingles. Amen. Mm -hmm. I agree totally. And that's a great yeah. point. I know we're going to get into some more specific tips for those listening in. This is so great. I love this conversation. I would love for people to know a bit more about you, Alex Perry, and a bit about your, your journey and what's led you here today, maybe even a pivotal moment that has brought you to where you are and what you do. Yeah. Well, I'll just give some context on my background. So 
Um, I own Practically Speaking. I have done this for a little over five years. And this really stemmed, my background is as a speech language pathologist. And if you don't know what a speech language pathologist does, um, we work with individuals who either by accident, illness, injury, and or by birth, either didn't develop or lost our ability to communicate. And so that's communication on a very broad scale. So everything from how sounds develop to executive level cognitive function. So I worked with individuals from NICU babies all the way up to 105. And so I've seen all sorts of amazing stories and watched people go through some incredible struggles. And for me, there's no greater power than our ability to communicate. So I have this passion for, hey, are we thinking about this? Are we talking about this enough? Are we challenging ourselves enough? Are we are we making the attempt? Uh, I'm not about perfection or pretty perfect polished. There's places for that. But for the most part, it's it's using communication to connect. And for me, it gets really personal because every day I looked at people who were speaking one day and not talking the next. And so I ask this question every time I'm in front of an audience, whether it's an audio audience like this or a live audience or a virtual audience, it's what, what would you say today if you knew tomorrow that you would never speak again? And who would you listen to if you knew tomorrow they would never speak again? My goodness. <laughs> Those are powerful questions. They're powerful. And it runs deep for me. Now, I also have a a tremendous sense of humor about this because you have to. My native language is typo. I mess communication up all the time. I get to mess it up all the time. That's a privilege. I love it. So two things can be true at once. And this is what I tell people all the time. Like I could be deeply passionate, so important. And I will still send out an email with a typo today. It will happen despite my best efforts. And so understanding that it's communication as a whole is this beautiful iterative process and that we can continue to get better and better and better. So that's my passion. That's where I came from. And so I landed here. Really, it's kind of funny is that I was working at the hospitals of working at brain injury um, rehab. And I I got this inkling to be a coach and I was like, I'm going to go be a coach. I'm going to go be a CrossFit coach. And that's not good. So then I Google searched what I could do with speech pathology and I ended up uh, working at a firm in Carmel for two years and I just took this wild and crazy leap. So that's, I tell people all the time, this was a wild and crazy leap, but going back to trusting your intuition and things like that is really important. So there have been many pivotal moments in all of this, but the, the deep driver is just sitting with people who would give anything to be in the seat that you are in, to be able to say clearly whatever it is that they need and want to say. Mm, That is so great. Now leap of faith. I'm so glad you made it. And then you're with us now and you're an author and you're a speaker and you coach and consult with organizations and um, doing this meaningful work. That's really meaningful to your heart. And and that's the driver right there. So Give an example because you talk about, um, I know this is very transformational to you in your, in your work and what you do. 
how is what you done for others, whether professionally or, or personally, been a transformational experience for someone? This, this, you know, this idea of courageous conversations and. So I have gotten to be the person, and I, I love this role. I, I consider myself the front row fan, the cheerleader, the the person who is going to support you through this process. I've gotten to do this on so many incredible levels. So when I think about, I'll give you two examples of just really powerful stories. Um, I have been able to coach for multiple TEDx events and help individuals who normally wouldn't have their stories heard, heard on a very large platform. So talking with um, Claudia Angeli, I coached her. She is a researcher from Vanderbilt and focused solely on spinal rehabilitation. And so helping her tell the story, because again, she's a researcher speaking on a stage, terrified her. She didn't want to do it. She's, I'm not a good storyteller. I don't know how to tell stories. All I do is prevent, present data and facts to physicians. I don't tell stories. So helping her craft this incredible narrative around a gentleman that wasn't walking, who now is walking based on the research that she did and the therapy that she did with this particular person to be the person to help her get that story out is incredible. And I get to do that frequently. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of rise and thrive, but I'm the coach for the rise and thrive groups. And so helping women, seven women over a seven month experience, share their personal stories on a stage and just knowing how impactful it is. You talk about wellness and health and well-being, And when we have truly healed from a story, because I think this is important to note when we've truly healed from a story, we're able to tell it from a place of great intent and in great encouragement. And so those are pivotal moments. Another, I mean, gosh, on a day-to-day pivotal moment, I work with a president of a company who speaking is not his natural default. He's an introvert. Mm-hmm. And so, but he knows he needs to communicate with his company. And so we have worked together to create videos. We've been at it for 16 weeks and the initial feedback. And I told him this would happen is that people will naysay it. They will say it's, you know, you're doing too much or it's, you know, they're not fancy enough. They look, they don't look great. Or you sound funny. And he, he got all of that feedback, but we kept going because even though he got that feedback, the overwhelming proportion of the company that was so excited to just have their president talk to them because they don't get to interact with him on a day-to-day basis has been overwhelming. And so now for 15 weeks, he's been able to educate and connect with and answer questions and do it on this big scale that has had this tremendous impact. So I look at that and I go, hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. He is, he is combining the, the multiple companies into one company and he's leading that even though it's uncomfortable, even though it's not his default and he's getting better and better as it goes. And that to me, watching those incremental bits of progress is, yeah, it's the, it's the be all end all. I love it. Right. Oh it doesn't all just happen at once. It's, it's a beautiful process. Yeah. And how wonderful for you to be there to support and, you know, hold the hand and, 
Or he would, okay. t- he would tell you, I don't hold his hand. He would tell you, I kick his butt. Okay. Kick your butt, <laughs> whatever it is. Hold accountable. Yeah. I mean, depending on it, I help hold people accountable. I give people words. I challenge people, but I think that's, that's what you do when you're in a good community and people know, you know, you have to make people feel safe first. So psychological safety is, I'm sure a huge topic in your community. And if we're not, if we don't feel safe to talk first, we're not going to. So safety, then challenge. There you go. Yes. You know, I, I see you supporting people to shine their lights out there. And I think that's just such a glorious thing. And that's what I love encouraging the Holistic Hub members to do is shine their light. People are looking for them. And so people were looking for that president and to to hear from that that person. So it's glorious. All right. I want to be mindful of our time. Yes. Because I want us to get to the tips as well. Of course. That's an important part of Think Holistic as we... We want to help people think holistic in their day-to-day lives and take new steps or try new steps on to see if it fits well for them. So tell us what you got for us. What's your tip number one? No, tip number one. So is to get clear. And that sounds really easy. And what you find is that that's not so easy. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a couple of ways to get clear. So first and foremost um, is to lead with the need. So if you are talking with an individual or you are talking with a physician is what's the need? So I would look at you, Jennifer, and say, what's the need for holistic health? Like, why do I need this? If you you can get crystal clear, if I'm walking into my doctor's office and I need something, right? I need to combine both traditional medicine and holistic medicine. That's my need. Right. And he's a professional or she's a professional serving you. So I lead with that. So they know where I stand. So when in doubt, no matter what, and I always tell this, I I just speak to a lot of corporate audiences too, but it's like, man, if I'm going to my husband asking for something, I better, right. I better lead with what is it? What is the need? Why does it matter? All right. So that's lead with the need, lead with the need. So that's a clarity piece. The other thing I'll teach you is the same thing that I teach every single corporate audience I speak to, which is, um, fewer words per sentence, fewer syllables per word and get rid of the acronyms and jargon. Yeah. Here's the thing. Oftentimes we are the ones that understand our language. We, we touched on this at the beginning, but I am sure that there are terms in holistic medicine. Somebody may not even fully understand what holistic means. Like we, we say it and we're like, oh, I understand what it means. But I bet you, if I asked you right now, you would not define it the same way I would define it. So let me tell you what holistic means to me. Let me tell you what CBD is. Cause maybe I, like we, I mean, I'm just guessing here, but not everybody knows what C- CBD means. I was with a uh, group yesterday and I always love this challenge because I will say IT, what does IT stand for? Well, if I'm in the corporate world, it might stand for information technology. If I am in the uh, medical world, it stands for individual therapy. So it doesn't mean the same thing. So we can't, we can't come from that place. We have to be willing to take the moment to explain things. So I think that that's really important. Um, So getting clear. Um, that alone will improve your communication tenfold. If you just take a moment and figure out what's the need, how am I going to communicate it? Um, 
another thing that I have to bring up with people, a tip is to consider the channel of communication that you're using. So we now have more ways to communicate than ever. And we have more preferences than ever. And often where I see communication breakdown is that we're using the wrong channels with the wrong purposes and generally based on our preference, not necessarily someone else's. So when you're thinking about how you want to communicate, it's what's the nature of the message. So if I've got a really complicated message that's going to take some time for someone to process, I need to spend, right? I probably need to talk with them face to face. Sending it over text is my, you know, likely to be, I don't, I mean, I'm sure you've had that happen. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Miscommunications yeah. abound. Oh, my gosh. Yes, <laughs> totally. Oh, I can exactly. see how you thought I meant that. However, I meant this. Yes, exactly. So always nature of the message, right? Yeah. Um, receiver preference is fine. If I can, if I can defer to your preference, I will. And then any supporting technology that might need to be considered when we communicate. Because again, we assume that everyone communicates like we do. What if somebody has a hearing impairment? What if somebody has a cognitive disability? You can't see cognitive disabilities often. So we need to consider what other types of supports that we might need. We tend to have a bias towards our own learning preferences and our own comprehension preferences. So thinking about others, again, that goes back to your whole message of holistic. Yes, so I have people think about that. And then I also think about um, my next best tip is what's the next best question I can ask? So instead of, because often when we're in these conversations, I'm thinking about what can I say next? What can I say next? What can I say next? Saying is different than asking and asking promotes thought. And if you want to change or persuade minds, we ask questions. So what's the next best question I could ask of this person? So if you're dealing with someone who thinks, you know, oh, holistic health, it's ridiculous. Tell me why you think that. What experience have you had with somebody who practices holistic health? Were those positive experiences? Were they negative experiences? If they were negative, what made them negative? What is it that makes you uncomfortable with this? Mm-hmm. Asking those kinds of questions is going to get you way more information and show genuine interest in care. And not that I'm just trying to convince you of something. And ultimately you don't have to have a something to say. Oh, good questions. And now you have information to take away with you that can bring some grand clarity as you process it through the day. hundred percent, hundred percent. And communication isn't final. I think so often We think we only get one shot or that if we don't get it right the first time, we're afraid to ask for a do-over, ask for a do-over. Like I didn't get that right. Let me try again. Mm -hmm. Let me try again. And most people, again, if intent is good and spirit is good, then lots of people will give you more than one opportunity to communicate your message. Yes, indeed. That is a great point. I love your tips. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I hope you were writing those down out there. And Alex, what might people get from you by coming to a being fest and being with us in person and hearing your keynote on November 13th? Oh my gosh. So you know what they'll get 
is exactly what I just told you about. And I apologize. There's noise outside of my hallway. If you can hear that. Um, you will get good questions. If I have a skill set, it's the ability to open up a room and to get people talking and to get people engaged with each other. So what you will get from me is high, high level of energy, high level of questions. You'll get some great tips, but more importantly, when I think about the importance of gathering is that you will have an, a curated opportunity to connect with each other during the space that um, we'll create. So mm -hmm. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. I am looking so forward to it as well. It is going to be fun. People will be able to also interact with you and ask you questions. You'll be with us throughout the whole day at Wellbeing Fest as well. So, yeah. yes. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. All right. So, we invite you to learn more about Alex and check her out online. Her website is pswithalex.com. And we invite you to follow us to Wellbeing Fest on Sunday, November 13th. You can find more by going to the Indie Holistic Hub website at indieholistichub.com and clicking on Wellbeing Fest. All right. Thank you, Alex, so much for being with us today. And I look forward to seeing you soon on November 13th. Thanks for having me. Great. Everyone out there, be well. Thank you for listening to the Think Holistic Podcast by Indie Holistic Hub a show designed to help you on your wellness journey. When you think holistic, you live holistic. To find holistic professionals near you, go to IndieHolisticHub.com.